of knowing. All right, man. Welcome to Crow Triple Seven Radio. This is episode 359. Jason Lingren is with me and Dr. Brian Artis, who's going to have a lot to say about the state of our world and uh, particularly the pandemic. Anyhow, welcome, Jason. And a very fine good morning. Let's max out here. Welcome, Dr. Artis. Thank you very much, guys. I'm so excited to be on your show. And uh, we need to inspire, educate, and warn the planet. You have no argument here. We've spent years now trying to uh, wake folks out of their slumber, but we're getting kind of a, to a, a critical point here, aren't we? Oh, this is more than critical. If you consider mass genocide critical, I do. Yeah, um, it, it's it's almost hard to fathom what many of us know is going on and looking for ways to say the right words that others can consider what's being said. That's exactly right. Yeah, I, I consider this one of the, Probably the most upsetting, most disgusting and evil times of the entire humanity that I'm aware of. Uh, I'm only 44 years old, but for the last two years, I've been taking a stand against as much obvious plotting conspiracy for murder uh, and harm for more human beings than in any other man's attempt to do that before. Well, you're in a position to say something about this because of your training as a doctor. So where would you like to jump in? Do you want to jump in with the drugs or where do we start here? Well, can we start with some common sense? I think I'd rather start there. You ready? I'm always ready for common sense. All right. So common sense speaking to an entire audience. I did this even yesterday at a medical symposium for COVID. It was called the COVID Summit. And it was Dr. McCullough, Dr. Richard Bartlett, me and Dr. Fleming. And I just kept breaking out these common sense things so that people could start to relate. Uh, And yesterday, I'm sitting with Dr. Richard Bartlett. This is the common sense part for everybody listening. You're being told that there is a a coronavirus going around the planet that is super deadly, but that the American medical complex and the American pharmaceutical complex has an answer for. Now, I sat with a panel in front of a live audience and streamed live yesterday to hundreds of thousands of people. And I looked at Dr. Richard Bartlett, who is a current licensed ER doc. And he's, he actually has opened up a monoclonal antibody treatment facility in Lubbock, Texas, and has treated 1,200 people successfully in the last four weeks alone. But he's been treating COVID-19 patients for the last two years. And I looked at him and I said, Dr. Richard Bartlett, I want to know. As the American medical complex and the American pharmaceutical complex in the last 100 plus years, have they found a cure for the common cold? And he looked at me and he goes, no, they have not. And I said, has the American medical complex and the American pharmaceutical complex, have they found a way to eradicate the common cold virus from the planet so that no one else is harmed by the common cold virus? Have they done that and accomplished that in over 100 years? And he goes, no, they haven't. And then I looked at him and I went, Dr. Richard Bartlett, what type of virus is the common cold virus? And he goes, it's a coronavirus. And the whole audience erupted with this, (gasps) like they didn't know. Now, we've been educating people on this, obviously, as much as possible. But there's still people who have logic, reasoning not cognitive dissonance yet, they have the ability to reason, listen, and hear, who were shocked to find out that the common cold virus that has never been cured from the planet, has, they've never even come up with a cure for the common cold, they just sit you at home and let you deal with it, that this is what 
the pharmaceutical industries in America for, and then I looked at Richard Bartlett and said, if they've never done it in a hundred years, they haven't eradicated this virus from the planet. Dr. Richard Bartlett, what do you think is the likelihood that four independent drug pharmacy makers like Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, and AstraZeneca, what's the likelihood you think that when this brand new novel, brand new, never been seen before, Corona cold virus shows up all of a sudden in 2019, what's the likelihood you think that in seven months, all four of them found a cure to eradicate this virus from the entire planet? And he goes, there is absolutely zero likelihood that ever would have happened. And I said, so why are we mandating everybody get these shots for something they've never figured out how to cure before? And it doesn't even make common sense that they would have done it. And then I said, the actual makers of the the actual COVID-19 vaccines for the coronavirus, cold virus that they're trying to treat on the fact sheets that accompanying those shots that go out to the world, they actually stayed on them. The FDA makes these, by the way, and publishes these for each of the drug makers. So with the Pfizer shot, the Moderna shot, the Johnson & Johnson shot, there's an actual fact sheet that accompanies them. You can look them up online, look them up at FDA.gov, and they actually state our COVID-19 vaccine does not stop you from getting COVID-19 or SARS-CoV-2. Our vaccine doesn't stop you from transmitting to someone else SARS-CoV-2 or COVID-19. It just helps to reduce your likelihood of having to go to a hospital. Now, those definitions are actually not the definition of a vaccine. Those definitions are actually the definition of a treatment for an infectious disease process. So, for example, hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, those are proven to reduce your likelihood of actually being hospitalized from having SARS-CoV-2 infection or disease processes called COVID-19. Those actually are proven to do that. But they're selling you the idea that the vaccine is going to now eradicate this pandemic from the planet. And the only way to stop the spreading of this virus is to vaccinate everybody when their own documents from our federal health agency called the FDA that goes out with each of these, they absolutely admit these don't stop you from getting the infection. They don't stop you from spreading the infection. And it's been absolutely proven beyond any doubt through research studies that the viral load inside of people getting the shots for COVID-19 is either identically the same in their nasal septum and in their throat as it is in all people unvaccinated or more so. There's been tons of studies. I'm not the one producing these studies. There's tons of studies proving that the viral load inside of people vaccinated, inside their nasal septum, this is a respiratory virus, inside their respiratory pathways, there's as much or more virus in those nasal pathways and respiratory pathways and those vaccinated than those unvaccinated. So the likelihood that they're spreading and continuing to contaminate people is way more likely in the vaccinated than the unvaccinated. And that's pretty proven. So I have to ask a question here because the audience that we're speaking to currently has seen, I don't even know how many doctors now come on and state outright uh, that a virus has never been isolated and that the word virus, what, what, what is meant when someone says virus is actually a misdescription. What do you think about that? Yeah, so there are lots of people I've heard. What's interesting is the medical doctors I'm with on these circuits to actually educate people who are treating COVID-19 patients, none of them have ever said that they've never isolated a virus or can't see it. What they see is, as they're treating them, all the symptoms identical to every respiratory virus they've ever treated before, just 
on a heightened reaction. So they're all convinced that there really is a virus, but they believe it's been a bioweapon created. It's not a natural virus. They know it has been enhanced and there's been an additional spike protein called the S2 spike protein uh, that has been added to this coronavirus, which makes it more infectious. It doesn't really make it more deadly. It just makes it more infectious. So what I'm getting at here is there's been a number of people, they come on, they talk about Cook's postulate and other things, and they flat out say that a virus has never been isolated, particularly what they're calling COVID or SARS or whatever the name of it is this week, and that clearly something is making people sick, not nearly as deadly as it's been portrayed in the news, but how do we deal with that? There's so many people out there that have listened to learned men come on and describe why viruses are misdescribed. And it creates a problem sure. because every time we say virus, their eyes are glazing over. So when we say virus, are we just saying someone's getting sick somewhere or what are we saying? Is it correct? And from your point of view, that a virus has never been isolated and that as it is currently thrown around, it's misdescribed. Yeah. I think they've done an incredible job on all fronts, trying to create mass confusion socially around the planet with misinformation, information, disinformation. And I'm just going to say, from my point of view, uh, I have a hard time determining that there's a entire career and an entire certification licensing of a whole profession called virology if viruses don't exist. I mean, I don't know what these guys are studying. I'm not a virologist. I won't speak on it. But if you've never isolated a virus and never been able to see that before, ever, I'd have a hard time accepting that's probably a reality uh, because there's so much knowledge about viruses in general. I will just say this, that what I do know about viruses, I am not a virologist. But as far as viruses go, viruses, by definition, are not living. They are inert, which means they have no life. First misdescription, by the way, what's in most people's mind is there's this thing that has DNA that eats, that poops, that replicates. So what you just pointed out there uh, is a misdescription to what's been placed in most people's minds. Yes. Viruses are not living. They're inert. They have no living force. They have to get inside of your cells to be able to replicate in that replication process of itself where it can actually replicate its own co genetic code. That is what people perceive as living. Like this, its replication process is what people consider living, but it's considered neither living nor dead. It's just inert. It's it's an odd thing. Like imagination. I mean, I gotta ask. No, it's sitting there. It's got a genetic code just sitting there. It's kind of like I. I mean, I would have geologists argue with me that a rock is not living. They would tell me it was living, but a rock is inert. It's just it's just substance and elements sitting there. Combination of all kinds of different elements from the periodic table of elements, but it's just sitting there. It's not replicating itself that I'm aware of, but I promise you a geologist could come up with ways to explain to me that it is living. Viruses, picture dirt, not dirt, rock or stone. It's inert. It's not moving around. <laughs> it's actually not doing anything. As soon as it has its little, on a, on a coronavirus, as soon as the spike protein latches or touches, it's like a hook. It hooks itself. Its little hook catches the ACE2 receptor on the outside of a cell. The actual cell allows the thing inside. And when it gets inside, it's allowed to start replicating with your DNA and your mRNA inside of your cell. It actually unzips the code the RNA does inside of your cell and replicates a diseased DNA. 
which is now the viral replication process. And it keeps doing it. It keeps doing it. Our brilliance of our immune system is you have what are called macrophages that come around and actually recognize when the DNA of our own cells is having viral replications inside of its genetic code. It's replicating and it's now what it calls diseased. The macrophages come around. They're called M1 cells. They come around and eat those cells that have been, as, our, as we define, infected with the virus. So let me, let me pull us back around. I, I'm very concerned that when people hear the word virus, that the communication level is going to go down because we've covered Koch's postulates. We've covered and had all kinds of resources to go see if a virus has ever been isolated. But what I'm very interested in is you have a lot to say that can help people keep safe. So how about if we focus on that? Things like remdesivir, what the shot is actually doing, and we'll all set aside the idea of viruses, because even with the description you just gave us, it's, I don't know, what is that? Casper the Friendly Ghost? I still don't know. (laughs) So let's set aside the idea of a virus and agree that people have gotten sick, but the treatment is dangerous. Oh, yeah. So, so, yeah, that's great. Thank you for transitioning to that, because this is what is the important part about this message. My message has never tried to be, everybody needs to be scared of a virus and social distance and wear a mask and do all the PPE, preventative, protective equipment stuff. That is not the thing. That is not the issue. Whatever you want to call it, like in the middle of all of this, in the last like two or three months, I start hearing this stuff. I've been in the media since May 2020. This has been a long time, four or five interviews a day, nonstop all over the place. And then all of a sudden you hear these hints, like what you just mentioned, that a virus has never even been identified. That, that's not even the point for me. The point is on May 1st, 2020, regardless of what you heard in the media and the media lies to you all day long, the mass media, they are lying all the time. So regardless of what you're hearing, I'm just going to tell you what I knew, what I found out and why it is I will not stop in the media. What you're about to say has directly to do with what's being administered to people. Is that correct? Absolutely. Okay. So May 1st, 2020, Anthony Fauci puts out a memo on NIH.gov and makes press announcements that there is one and only drug that we're going to use to treat COVID-19 patients in all hospitals in America. And I just happened to read the memo like two weeks later, middle of May. So I'm looking at this and reading this memo and it says we're going to be using during this novel coronavirus pandemic We're going to actually use this one and only experimental drug called remdesivir. Keynotes here, experimental means never FDA approved. But this drug's name was remdesivir, and I'd never heard of it. And then he goes on to quote that there's two studies that found this drug, remdesivir, to be safe and effective against another virus called Ebola virus a year earlier in a trial. Then he goes on to say that there's a second study that was found to be effective against COVID-19, whatever you want to believe that is. He said in a trial of 53 COVID-19 positive patients, they found it to be safe and effective for them in March 2020, two months earlier. And I was like, I've never heard of this drug. And then Anthony Fauci in the memo says, do not use hydroxychloroquine. It was proven to cause heart attacks and death in COVID-19 treated patients in this one study. And I was like, that's weird. And then chloroquine is the third drug he bashes and said, don't use this either. Now, just to summarize for you, I was curious about this memo because there was alerts coming up on my phone that every day in May, there was record deaths from this supposed virus called COVID-19, and America had the highest death rates every day of any other country in the world. 
And, and that got my attention because supposedly we have the greatest healthcare system in the world of all 43 industrialized nations. How are we, if this, if this virus or whatever it is, is going around the world killing people, how is it possible they're killing more Americans than any other country? Like, how is that possible? I thought we were the greatest. You know, we have this pompous arrogance of being the greatest at everything. How is it true that our healthcare system is failing the most of all countries in the world? This is what I was hearing. So I look at this memo and I'm like, hydroxychloroquine that he's bashing has actually been FDA approved, safe and effective for all humans around the world for 70 years. How all of a sudden is it causing heart attacks and death? That didn't make any sense. But I wanted to know about remdesivir because I'd never heard of it before. So I clicked the first study and I couldn't believe what I read. And then I realized no one has read these two research articles that he's talking about. How hard was it for you to find those research articles? Was it easy for you to find or was it difficult? No, it was amazing because Anthony Fauci hyperlinked them in the paragraph. He said, this Ebola virus trial from 2018 to 19 proved it safe and effective remdesivir against Ebola virus. And so I just clicked the hyperlink and it took you to the, and it still does, it's on the New England Journal of Medicine's website. And if you go on right now on any search engine, type in, New England Journal of Medicine, Ebola Trial Remdesivir, R-E-M-D-E-S-I-V-I-R. And it pulls up, the first link will come up, open up the study, and then I just want you to go to table two in the study. Just scroll up in the study and go to the second table, the chart, the second one. I read the whole study. I wanted to know, what did they, what did Anthony Fauci find was so amazing about this drug remdesivir that he's now going to choose it? because it had to be something miraculous. So this is the study. Go look at it if you'd like, but look at table two. There's actually four drugs that were in an experimental drug trial in Africa in four regions from November, 2018 to December, 2019. Regardless if it's a virus, regardless if it exists, regardless if anybody's isolated it, they are actually pumping a drug called remdesivir into every American going into an ICU right now with whatever symptoms they have they're going to call it COVID-19, even if it's not COVID-19. They're going to call it that. And they're going to put you on a five-day treatment of this drug remdesivir right now in September 2021 because of this one study Anthony Fauci said it was proven to be safe and effective against Ebola virus. Was it? If you look at table two, you're going to know he lied from the beginning. If you look at table two, there's four drugs, remdesivir, ZMAP put in by our own United States Department of Health and Human Services. They put it into the same trial, this year-long trial on Ebola virus. It's called ZMAP. ZMAP was a triple monoclonal antibody put in by our federal government. And then the third drug, look at table two, it actually, these, the third drug's called MAB114, which is a singular monoclonal antibody. That was put in by our own research department in the United States government called DARPA. And then the fourth drug is called Regeneron, put in by Regeneron Pharmaceuticals. It is a triple monoclonal antibody that you're hearing about right now in the media that it could be possibly an early treatment for COVID-19 a year and a half later. So these are the four drugs that were in the Ebola trial. Everyone should know the Ebola trial. At the COVID summit yesterday, medical doctors were coming out of the audience to come talk to me and say, I had no idea the whole pandemic was based on a rehearsal dinner trial in Africa a year earlier. This whole study was the rehearsal for the pandemic Anthony Fauci set up in May 2020. So if you go look at the Ebola trial, four drugs are put into it. 
There's an independent safety board halfway through the study that pulled remdesivir from the study from all the people in Africa who were being treated for Ebola because it had a death rate of 54% of everybody they gave the drug to. Remdesivir has a 54% death rate. Is that what you just said? Yep. Remdesivir had a mortality rate of 53.1% of all people they gave that drug to. So the safety board went just like this. Uh, If it's killing more than half the people, we have to take them off that drug. No one else in the trial can get it. They also, at the same time, pulled the drug called ZMAP, pulled it out of the trial because it had a death rate of 49.7%. The other two drugs that were allowed to continue had death rates of 35% of all Africans. That was MAB114. And then Regeneron had a death rate of 33%. Now, this is my problem. Anthony Fauci lied that remdesivir was found to be safe and effective against Ebola virus in a trial a year earlier than his mandate. Was it found to be safe and effective by the independent safety board in the trial? No, they found it to be the deadliest drug and the least effective of all four. So they pulled it from the trial. Now, my problem was two federal health agencies put drugs in that trial, ZMAP and MAB114. And both of those had lower mortality rates than remdesivir did, which is privately owned by a drug company called Gilead. But then there was a fourth drug called Regeneron that's also privately owned by Regeneron Pharmaceuticals that even had a lower mortality rate. Why, when Anthony Fauci selected the drug of choice to be the only drug to treat COVID-19 four and a half months after publication of this study in December 2019, now in May 2020, He says this one drug was proven safe and effective, which it wasn't. He lied. It was not. It was proven to be the most deadly. This is the one he was going to mandate all hospitals in this country treat with COVID-19. And right now, you guys, it is still the only drug they're mandating for treatment in COVID-19 units and ICUs across America. And it's disgusting. It has actually killed right now that drug over 700,000 Americans. We're at 725,000 dead Americans in 17 months since that mandate came out. And they're all told to be dying of COVID-19. No, they're not. They're dying of acute kidney failure, which remdesivir was proven to cause in the Ebola study, which drowns people to death in their own fluids called pulmonary edema. And then then they said, Anthony Fauci in this memo, there's a second study from March 2020 that proves it's safe and effective against COVID-19. No, it didn't. I opened up that study now that I know he's lying. I hyperlinked it on the NIH.gov's memo. In the same paragraph, I opened up the second study now that I know he's lying to America. And it actually shows that Gilead gave 10 days worth of remdesivir to 53 COVID-19 patients, regardless if the virus exists or not. They had symptoms that were they were titling COVID-19. 53 patients from Japan, America, and Canada. And they gave them remdesivir for 10 days. And the maker of remdesivir funded this whole study. It's called a cohort study. So Gilead, who owns the patent rights of remdesivir, gives 53 patients 10 days worth of remdesivir. And they wanted to see what happens, who had COVID-19. And in 10 days, 23% of all of them had multiple organ failure and acute kidney failure. 8% of them had to be taken off the drug before day 10 because their liver and kidney were failing. They needed kidney transplants and they were going to die. That's what came out of that study. That's 31% of all people they gave the drug to in 10 days or less experienced multiple organ failure, threatened with death as a result of acute kidney failure. Can I point out a couple of issues here as, sure. as we get in? So part of the problem with trying to communicate openly with a lot of people and hopefully save their lives 
is that we have to say things they can consider. So what we're establishing and what we have established is we go around saying supposedly COVID. Uh, what is COVID? Nobody seems to know what COVID is. You get a new truck in the world, you can get a picture of it. You can identify mm -hmm. this truck is real. COVID does not fit that bill. So on top of that, you're going to be told all these studies about Ebola. Why would anyone in their right mind take any of the Ebola work seriously, knowing what's being openly flaunted about a supposed thing called COVID? And to top it off, well, I'll just stop right there. This is the kind of tangled web that has been woven so deftly as to just have minds shut down because logic doesn't apply to any of this. Yep, that's right. So my whole message is this, and great points. I really appreciate you pointing that out. The entire reason why I'm doing this show right now, the entire reason why I continue to fly around the country and go to speaking engagements, medical doctors around the country are telling me the things that are occurring in hospitals, which, which is death in five to 10 days of most Americans, they experience as soon as they go in, they will diagnose them with whatever symptoms they have. It doesn't matter what they are. They'll tell them they're COVID-19 positive. Then they put them in the COVID unit. Then they give them remdesivir for five days and they all go into acute kidney failure. And then they develop what they call secondary pneumonia, which is not secondary COVID pneumonia. It's actually lungs filling with water from shutting down their kidneys with remdesivir. And every attending hospital medical doctor and nurse is letting me know that's exactly what's happening in every hospital, but they can't stop it. Why would they do it? So Fauci posts the link. And in lies, according to what you've told us, how the hell is it possible that in every hospital across this country, not one of these attending physicians, doctors, ER guys, whoever the hell you want, couldn't look up the report and actually try to know something about what they're administering? And this, this makes our problem even worse because now nobody has faith in any of it. Yep, that's exactly right. So this is the big deal. Most people don't understand how hospitals work. So you have your hospital administrators. You have like your CEO and your board members. They oversee all of their employees. Guess who are all the employees? <laughs> it's the medical doctors, the nursing staff, the ones that are attending to you. They're the employees. And the hospital administrators are being told what to tell their employees to treat COVID-19 patients with. By who? By the pharmaceutical companies? Who's, who's telling the administration of a hospital what to do? The NIH is the one that holds the actual mandates. They're the only ones passing down the recommended and mandated treatment protocols in all hospitals. It's the NIH, specifically the NIAID department, the National Institutes of Health, Allergies, and Infectious Diseases Department. Remember, this is supposedly an infectious disease. Who's over that department? Do you know? Uh, is that a Fauci? It must be a Fauci, right? The wolf's jaws there. That's exactly right. So Dr. Anthony Fauci is the director of that entire department of the NIH. So what happens if an organization disregards those protocols that are being told to use? Good question. Yeah. So there are some doctors who have gone like this. In the very beginning, there were some doctors who, when they were starting to use this remdesivir treatment protocol being handed down to them by their bosses, remember the docs are just working in the hospital. And then these administrators are coming down on them saying, you have to use these mandated treatment protocols in the hospitals to treat COVID. If you don't, you're going to lose your license and you can't work here anymore. That was the real threat. And it has been this whole time. If you don't do these mandated treatment protocols, you're fired. And that's the threat to the MDs. Now you've heard of some MDs who didn't care about that. They cared more about their Hippocratic oath to do no harm because when they started pumping remdesivir into people in their hospitals, 
and they saw their patients dying, they then did their own research to find out if this is really SARS-CoV-2. These doctors who have been practicing medicine for more than 15 years, like since 2005, they already experienced another SARS-CoV-like issue, and that was called SARS-CoV-1, SARS and MERS. And there was a study. They all went to go look and see what did they find back in 2005, possibly, in research studies on PubMed.gov. They actually did their research to find out what was effective against SARS-CoV-1. SARS-CoV-2 can't be too genetically different. And guess what they all found? One study in 2005 that they found one drug was the most effective at stopping the disease process of SARS-CoV-1 called SARS and MERS in 2005. It was one drug. And that drug was called hydroxychloroquine. And that funded study was funded in 2005 by one and only one department in the NIH and one director of that NIH department. Guess who funded that SARS-CoV-1 H2H hydroxychloroquine proven study to beat SARS-CoV-1? Why don't we just put Fauci on the on the headline here? So every time we talk, we know we're talking about Fauci because I'm guessing that's who you're about to say. Anthony Fauci and the NIAID department of the NIH is the only group that funded that 2005 study. You think Anthony Fauci forgot 15 years later how he beat SARS-CoV-1? I guess I would, I, I feel the need to point this out because still during the course of this conversation, we're making the implication that a virus has genes and that a virus is this thing that's all it's not. In a study that I did, I can show, uh, because I stayed up late on March 11, 311, when this nasty black beast poked its head up, and I realized what I've been talking about all these years was finally here, March 11, and I wrote a blog. Within that blog, I went back to show that since 2001, which is a hint to anyone that can still think, um, every two years, with very few exceptions, it was West Nile virus, it was Ebola, it was, they just... The hits kept coming and it's all a put up. It is all a put up. And until someone can isolate the virus, how the hell are we ever going to be able to educate people? I mean, I suppose, doctor, if you and I just came on and said, look, remdesivir, if you take it, you got a 50% chance you're going to die. That's one way. But do you see the problem I'm pointing out here? Oh, no, I see the huge problem. You've actually been lied to this entire public and the entire world about viruses and outbreaks and pandemics and dan- how dangerous there viruses you go. are. There you, you have go. been lied to your entire life. Because anybody listening to this show is younger than 120 years old to 140 years old, which is the only time period the American medical complex has been around. So no one on this show listening is 140 plus years old. So all of you have been lied to. They'd have had better health care if they were that old back then, I would venture. That's exactly right. So you're absolutely correct. You've all been lied to. I can actually break this down on almost every single diseases you're talking about, these infectious diseases, like you mentioned, swine flu, bird flu. Do you remember that when bird flu was going to take over the planet? The hits keep coming. The hits keep coming every two years. Yep. So they keep trying to scare you to get you to invest and buy into their fear tactics so you'll actually participate in their vaccine agenda. That's all it is. It's all it's ever been. It's all I've recognized for the last 20 years of my professional career. But uh, you're absolutely right. So what they're doing, this is what it is. This coronavirus, even if it's a virus, it really doesn't matter. Everything they come out with, they say how dangerous it's going to be. Like you just mentioned with West Nile. Maybe we should just use the word supposedly and call it COVID because everything else is just disingenuous. 
That's exactly right. So supposedly whatever it is, we'll just call it that. <laughs> there you go. Now we can talk. Supposedly whatever it is, is super dangerous and all of you are going to die. I just need you guys to recognize something. Anthony Fauci said in May 2020, this dude's evil, by the way. He's pure evil. And this is how I knew it in May. And I didn't know anything about this guy before this. I just know when I read this, I knew that he was lying. This Ebola virus study was totally funded by Anthony Fauci. He knew how deadly remdesivir was to the Ebola patients in Africa. Now he's going to turn around four and a half months later after the publication of this study. And he says, we're going to use this one and only drug on all Americans. And then he says to our federal government, buy up all the reserves from Gilead Sciences, federal government, use all our tax dollars and buy up all the reserves of that drug. And we're only going to pump this drug into Americans in hospitals. And as we pump it into those people, do not export remdesivir to any other country until the end of 2020. And then I knew what the plot was. The plot was, we're going to convince a whole bunch of Americans that supposedly they're all sick and going to die from a, a supposed thing. Which was never true, by the way, 1% mortality. It was never true. Ever, ever true. Even there at this go. point in May, this supposed thing had only taken the life of less than 1% of all of the world who got infected with it. The supposed thing. Who happened to be over 80 with a heart condition. That's exactly right. So supposedly, this thing going around killed less than 1% of all humanity. And Anthony Fauci is looking at a study that has mortality rates when you pump this poison into people in Africa. Of 53% of all people given this one drug died, 49% of another died, 35% of another drug, those people died, 33% of that population died of these four experimental drugs. My problem is, is if the actual supposed thing was killing less than 1% of all humanity, why is he selecting any drug that has a mortality or death rate when being used higher than 1% which is the infection death rate of the supposed thing causing death around the world. You understand me? So you're painting a picture. Let me make this observation. You tell me if I'm hitting the mark. Sounds to me like Fauci and his crew had iron grip control over the American medical establishment and didn't want other countries to administer what they probably would have found out was deadly. So they wanted to do the damage they wanted to do in this country before other places would start to observe what's gone on here and blow the whistle. Is that right? Yep. It's not, it's more than just, they didn't want any other country to see it. Anthony Fauci and others like Francis Collins, his boss, the whole reason why he needed only Americans to use the drug is he knew this most deadly drug found in the Ebola trial that he selected now and lied to us and said it was safe and effective. It wasn't. Supposed Ebola trial. I'm sorry. Supposedly. Yep. He knew it was deadly and the most deadly in that trial or whatever they were doing out there in Africa, but it was the deadliest. I knew immediately he had to kill a whole bunch of Americans and he knew how to do it so that he could sell the entire world. If he could just get the attention of the American populace that this supposed thing was deadly and people were dying in droves in hospitals in America, if he could sell the American public that this thing was deadly, that was supposedly going around by hiding that he was actually poisoning people to death in hospitals. It was actually the treatment from the beginning that was going to be the death of more Americans than the supposed thing going around. I knew that's why he selected the drug so that he could sell 
the American people, and then use our mass media to pump it around the world that there is a coming vaccine savior that's going to save us from this pandemic. You have to understand, America is the only country in the world for 2020 using this deadly poisonous drug proven to be deadly in every hospital treating every supposedly infected person in America. Almost certainly going to destroy your liver, your kidneys, 50-50, right? Absolutely. It was already proven to do so. In 31% of all people given that drug in five to 10 days, it causes acute kidney failure and liver failure. Ask me if it was the flu, if it was pneumonia, if it was whatever the symptoms were you went into the hospital with, do you guys think there's any benefit? Can any of you with maybe any medical training, can you tell me there's any benefit to shutting down multiple organs in the body that's going to help somebody heal or recover? Well, come on. The whole thing's a put up. There's no logical portion that we can go at any of this. And there's no way that anyone with two brain cells to rub together can take any of these things that have come out every two years since 2001, when our world was first tipped sideways. Um, It's pretty clear what's going on, but what's not clear is how in the heck do you plan to get away with this with impunity? Yep, exactly right. I mean, that implies one of two things. You have endless fall guys and gals, or you don't think you're ever going to have to. There's an extreme form. I said it yesterday in the COVID summit. I said, I just want everybody to know. Uh, Francis Collins, the head of the NIH, he just stepped down when it was exposed two weeks ago, two weeks prior that he lied about gain-of-function virus testing that they were funding with our federal tax dollars. Quitting a job doesn't make him immune to future prosecution. No, it doesn't. But something made him uncomfortable enough or was threatened enough to get him to step down. He has been the director of the, he's been the boss, the head boss of the NIH through three presidencies, the longest tenure ever. And this guy gets super uncomfortable and in the middle of a pandemic, supposedly, our leading health official steps down after it's exposed that they've been funding this kind of research in other labs, including Wuhan. And they said, they asked me in a panel yesterday, why hasn't Anthony Fauci stepped down? And I said, well, he's been just as exposed as Anthony, as Francis Collins is. And you just have to understand there must be some extreme form of narcissism where his conscience isn't affected when you call him out as a liar, when you uncover his lies, as he goes forward and murders more people, and I said it again, the greatest serial killer in all of American history is Anthony Fauci. And I said it, Ted Bundy got away with 33 of these rapes and killings, and we have documentaries and movies about this guy, and we vilify him. There's a problem with with doing what we're doing here, because the scope of what we're seeing goes far beyond whoever the hell they want the mouthpiece in the media to be. Um, That's a mouthpiece, right? Aren't we going to be honest? Let me let me tell you a thing we picked up from past guests who, when our world started going south, they started getting close to the Mennonite and Quakers and other places that had retained their sanity. They went into one of these communities and they asked, how is it that COVID has zero effect on your community here? Zero, not even 1%, zero. And the man looked him in the eye and says, because we don't have television. And that pretty sums up what we're talking about. But, you know, I get what you're saying. He's going on national news. But, I mean, to to pin it on Fauci is letting a hell of a lot of people off the hook. Oh, no. There's a whole bunch of people we're going after. So Anthony Fauci just happens to be this mouthpiece. And he should be held accountable. 
because he's put in protocols and he's standing in this position and I, he was put in that position. There's, there's people over him. And I've said, not stop. This pandemic would disappear. If you just turned off your television, it would totally disappear. The fear, the pandemonium. What's that do to germ theory and viral, whatever the hell you want to call it. It pretty much underscores that it's a fraud. Doesn't it? Do you know who Louis Pasteur is? He's the one that came up with the germ theory on his deathbed. He he's said, a fraud. He said, if he had to do it all over again and live his life over again, he would totally be able to prove Royal Rife's theory that germs don't exist, that it's the internal environment of the human being that causes all diseases. We have a postulate that does that on its own right now, and yet it's being used as the reason we need vaccination. That's called Koch's postulates. Everyone listening. Yep. Go look up the postulates. I think there's four of them, and it proves outright with sound logic that any mind that can think can apply to show you that germ theory is a scam, basically. Yep. And yet yep. this very set of postulates is being used to be the reason that vaccination is needed. I, this, I mean, left is right, up is down, black is white. So can I, can I explain some of this to you? Because I, I find it incredible. Okay. So like when y'all ask me, do viruses exist? So I actually don't believe in the germ theory. I actually believe what Royal Rife actually discovered while Pasteur was alive. Royal Rife was able to prove that he could take a normal human cell, normal human cell, and he could change the electrical charge of the medium that human cell was sitting in in a Petri dish. And he could make it either more acidic, more pH or more alkaline or basic. He could put a little bit more of an electric charge into it, and the actual normal human cell would differentiate itself into a bacterial cell, and then he could change it and make it go back to a normal human cell, and then he could change it again and make it become a viral cell. He never put a virus in there. He never put a bacteria in there. The own human biology, based on the environment of emotions and environmental factors going into the body to make it more acidic or more basic would change the virus, the actual human cell and differentiate it into what looked like a viral cell, what looked like a bacterial cell. And this is why Louis Pasteur on his deathbed said, if I had to do it all again, I would, I would actually spend my entire life proving that it's the environment internally. Versions of transmutation. So what we're talking about here is transmutation based on the old alchemical allegories. In other words, it's just the human body. So if you turned off the TVs and the radio, the fear and pandemonium that they're putting into you is driving disease processes inside of you. And then lots of people are like, oh, I'm starting to get symptoms. I need to go. They keep saying I need to go to the hospital and get treated whenever I start getting really sick. This is a overabundance of fear and panic that has a direct impact on the internal environment of your body, which either shuts off your immunity or if you remove that stress and anxiety, it improves your immunity and your energy. So yes, I actually believe if everyone just turned off their flipping TVs, turned off their flipping radios and just tuned into this podcast, everybody would be safer and this whole pandemic would disappear. And use the word supposedly a lot so that minds don't glaze over. And use supposedly a lot. Well, there's something we can tell you that you might not be aware of, because I don't know how long you've been looking into this kind of thing, and that's that the communities that look into truth kind of stuff, whatever you want to call it, there's no problems with pretty much any of us because we don't believe the mainstream media 99% of the time. That is very true. And we have such a wide reach, we know 
that people aren't horribly sick and dropping dead. We've always known this. We've known this right from the get-go. We've discovered the mental prophylactic. Yep, exactly right. <laughs> so I just want to bring it back to some common sense to you. Why, what, why it is I will not stop talking. This is the reason. It's not because I believe so many Americans and so many human beings are just following liars in the media. This is not why I'm doing this. They are actually murdering people in hospitals right now to drive an agenda. And I have a problem with any organization, any human being who's getting away with maiming, causing disease and harm and murdering people. That is not okay with me. I don't care what media that human, those human beings who are naively or unknowingly following information being given to them through mass media. It doesn't matter. They're innocent and they're being harmed. So I'm not going to stop talking about this. At the end of 2020, there was 550,000 dead Americans, supposedly from COVID-19. And I've said supposedly nonstop from the beginning. And I said in May 2020, this is how Anthony Fauci was going to set up the great genocide of Americans. You watch. By the end of this year, he's going to kill hundreds of thousands, if not millions of Americans. I said this in May 2020 with remdesivir poisoning in hospitals. Now, you two or three, whoever's on this call, how many, what's the percentage of the population of the world that America represents? There's 7.7, almost 8 billion people on the planet. What's the population of Americans? I would have to guess. What is it? It's 4.7% of the entire world's population is what lives in America. Okay. This supposed thing went around the whole world and infected 7 billion people. But at the end of 2020, at the end of the first year of this entire supposed worldwide infection that was super deadly, America that has 4.7% of the entire world's population, that means 95 plus percent of everyone else lives outside of America and wasn't supposedly infected. We had 25% of all supposed COVID-19 deaths for the entire world in America. There was only 2.2 million people reported dead around the world. We had 550,000 of them. How is it possible? Well, this is how it's possible. No one else in the entire world was pumping drugs into people in hospitals for a supposed illness called remdesivir. No other, no other country was doing this. We were the only one. And the 550,000 people, the majority of them died in ICUs. They all had this in common. They died in ICUs and hospitals in America. And they were all being injected with one drug. And we know they were being injected with one drug because the hospitals that weren't doing that, the doctors who refused to do it, they were fired. Like Dr. Simone Gold, she used remdesivir at first. And then she switched over to hydroxychloroquine to try to save people's lives. And then they turned around and they left. And then she was fired. Why aren't they taking legal action? Why aren't they taking legal action? Why? Why? Uh, see, this is this is what's baffling to me. If someone came up to me and said, "Crow, here's a gun. Shoot that person dead, or you're not getting paid," I would look back at them and say, "I guess I'm not getting paid." I mean, reality flees the scene here. Yep. These people, I assume, took Hippocratic oaths, and even if they didn't, just to be a human being, you don't go around whacking people. And if you do get fired for trying to do the correct thing, how is it that no legal actions are being taken anywhere? Do you know that there's been laws, federal laws, and state laws since the beginning of the supposed pandemic, right from the beginning in March 2020? There were federal laws and state laws that are written up right now 
that hold no hospital liable. This is not a joke. I've got them. It holds no hospital or individual treating patients for the supposed viral pandemic. I'm not kidding. If they follow the mandates and treatment protocols for this COVID-19 supposed thing, they are not held liable for any damages or even death of those individuals. An illegal law is still an illegal law, I would point out, but I get where you're coming from. Yep, you're exactly right. And so right now, what happened in 1986? I find this disgusting. 1986, Ronald Reagan passes a law that says all liability is removed from vaccine manufacturers for any death or harm caused to children or adults with vaccines. Which didn't work because they ended up conniving their own court system to deal with that. That's right. And then what happened in 2005? They had to correct that because they'd already paid out billions of dollars to injured uh, Americans. So what it did is it took away the liability from the vaccine makers, the drug makers, to pay out hundreds of millions of dollars in lawsuits for injuring people. And in 1986, what happened? Ronald Reagan signed a law that there was going to be a new government entity where taxpayer money was going to be compensating families of loved ones who were injured by vaccine makers. Not the vaccine makers paying it. You're going to pay for it. Us, you, me, those of us paying taxes. So then that's not working because we're paying out hundreds of millions of dollars every year to compensate families of our own federal tax dollars. Why are we paying for that? So 2005 comes and they pass what's called the PREP Act. And this almost destroys all ability of any family since to receive any compensation from this vaccine compensation court in the government. What they had to prove now, they wrote it up, was you had to prove beyond any reasonable doubt that the vaccine manufacturer intended harm with their vaccine. Well, how are you going to prove that? So no one since 2005 really has been successful at getting compensation over the last 16 years for vaccine injuries. There is protection now so far for the vaccine injury or vaccine uh, manufacturers. And I'm just going to throw this out there. The actual tobacco industry got away with this for years, lying that they knew tobacco didn't cause or smoking didn't cause lung cancer. And finally, some lawyers finally were able to actually get them to actually pay out billions of dollars and discover the cover-up. I have to believe somewhere there's going to be some brave lawyers. Remember, I'm not a lawyer. There's got to be some brave lawyers who are ready to stop the slaughtering, the damaging of millions of children and adults with these vaccines that just make billions of dollars. I would point out that the tobacco thing you're talking about, when it was coming to light, we got the Unabomber the next morning as that story was supposed to break, if I'm not mistaken. But what I want to do here is I want to wrap up hour one. Um, Everybody out there, I should have mentioned this. Jason, maybe you can cut this into the beginning somewhere. Um, Dr. Artis has a website called The Dr. Artis Show. That's T-H-E, The Dr. D-R, Artis, A-R-D-I-S, Show. S-H-O-W. That would make two S's back to back. The DrArtistShow.com. Are there any other contacts or anything else you'd like to get into the hour one here, doctor? Right now, that is, I actually have other websites, but that is the most important right now. My, my intent with that actual platform, the DrArtistShow.com, there's resources there to protect you and your loved ones from ever having to go into an ICU in America right now, because that is where death imminently is going to occur. They have set up protocols there to isolate, criminally kidnap your loved ones that they're now not giving you access to. It is completely unethical and actual. It's criminal and it's evil. 
Do not go to a hospital. I have resources on that page to help you figure out how to do early treatment at home if you get any symptom of anything ever. It doesn't matter if it's me. It is not a pandemic of a virus going around the planet. It is not going to kill you. Stop believing it. I have what's called the C-19 disease prevention cocktail there. Go get it. It's four things that actually help your internal environment stay as healthy as possible and prevent any contagion of a toxin, an infection, if you believe they're there. It helps keep the immune system healthy and recover from any symptom that you have. And then turn off your TV. So it's pretty critically important what he just laid down there. In other words, the website that we've given you has a protocol. If you've been so unfortunate to have gotten a medical procedure, you now wish you had not. When we come back in hour two, we're going to direct. We're going to address these things directly. It's a hell of a world we've come up in because just trying to communicate with people in an effort to prevent injuries and damage has become so difficult, simply because of the flippy floppy language that has been applied to this and the utter lack of logic and the provable truth for anyone who wants to look back to like 2001 forward and begin to question the narrative that was laid down. This is the long game. But when we get back, we're going to talk about the other half of things that we didn't address. Like, what does that shot do? What's going on with that? Why is it so important that everyone gets a shot that we've pretty much established is for a supposed sickness that supposedly killed less than 1%, most of which were like 70 or 80 and had heart condition. So why is it so important? That's what we're going to address when we come back in hour two. Join us over at crow777radio.com, C-R-R-O-W-777radio.com. And I'd like to wish each and every one of you a happy, healthy, and higher-minded new era. And the doctor's not kidding. When I was young in the 70s, nobody went to a hospital unless they broke an arm or something happened. Now people are lining up like sheep to the slaughter. There it is, man. Join us on the other side. Cheers.
is the enemy of knowing.